Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, I am so excited about our conversation today. You know, when we launched my Bible study called Your Story Matters back in April, we had no idea that it would happen and release during a pandemic in a stay-at-home quarantine. So in all honesty, at first I was thinking, this might not be the best time for women to do this study because we can't be in each other's homes. Well, I was wrong, you guys. And today, my guest, Jill Dobrowanski, shares just how impactful the Your Story Matters Bible study was in her life. And not just that, but how she started a community online for women who were doing the study alone so that they could meet together over Zoom. You guys, I loved this so much. Jill and I talk about the fear and shame that held her back from sharing her story for over two decades and how God has shown her that when we share our stories, that we invite others to do the same. And through that, God builds our faith and our hope when we do this. Our Your Story Matters virtual study has done more in women's life than I could ever imagine that it would. I am so honored and so blown away at the way that God is using real life women's stories to encourage other women to believe the truth over the lies that we often believe when it comes to sharing our story. The study is available all the time for purchase and you can go through the study anytime that works for your life. This Friday, we're launching a second round of the Facebook community for Your Story Matters. We wanted to give you another opportunity to join together with other women who are also craving community. I think you will especially be encouraged to join after today's conversation with Jill. There's just so much available to us when we take a small step toward believing that our stories do actually matter. Join the community and grow together to remember that your story does matter. Visit jamieivy.com slash your story matters. Okay, here is my conversation with my new friend, Jill. Hey, Jill, welcome to the happy hour. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Well, this is super exciting. We just met for the first time when we logged on to our old Zoom, which is how we're doing all of our meetings these days because of COVID. And I, and let me just preface you with this. I am so over the top excited to chat with you today. I have heard so much about you. And I have seen you do amazing things just over the past couple of months with our Bible study that we've done. And I'm just, this is, I'm giddy. I'm giddy with excitement, Jill. So welcome to the happy hour. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm giddy to be here. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. Okay. Before we jump in, just introduce yourself to my listeners. Tell them what you do, where you live, all the things. Hey listeners, I'm Jill. I um, just celebrated my 30th wedding anniversary this week, which is crazy to think about. With my wonderful husband and best friend, Eric, we live in Stafford Township, New Jersey, which is very close to Long Beach Island. So I get a lot of beach time in. 
I am the proud mama of my son who just is going to be turning 31 this summer, which is crazy. And his beautiful wife who lived down in Virginia. So I'm an elementary school principal, also kind of dipping my toes into the water with podcasting and blogging and doing all kinds of exciting things. Well, I'm glad you're here. You know, one thing that I think that I want to talk about a lot right now is what went down over the past couple of months with the Bible study, Your Story Matters. Let me set the stage a little bit for our podcast listeners is I released a Bible study called Your Story Matters. When did I release this? March? I mean, it felt like it came out, like everything happened in March in all of our lives, like COVID and my Bible study and all the things. So we released this Bible study. And when we had taped the Bible study, we planned on it. One of our hopes was that women would gather in their living rooms with their friends and they would go through this together. I host a Bible study in my home and it's one of my most favorite things. And I'm going to hear a lot from you, Jill, about you doing Bible studies as well, but it's one of my favorite things. And so the Bible study was written for women to gather and then you know, COVID hit, coronavirus, and all of a sudden, I'm releasing a Bible study and women cannot gather. So we kind of shifted, which a lot of people did, what they were releasing in their businesses and their their things that they help people with. And we said, hey, this is okay because it's all online. And so we encouraged women to gather groups together and meet on Zoom, meet on um, FaceTime, however you could possibly meet. We encouraged them to do that. And then we also opened up a Facebook group for women going through Your Story Matters. And this is where you come into play. So we open up. So everyone registers. I'm trying to make sure everyone knows how Jill and I connect. Everyone (laughs) registers for the Bible study, which it's still out there. You can still register, but this is what happened in March. And then they joined a Facebook group. And lots of the women in that group had friends they were going through the Bible study with. Maybe a coworker, maybe a sister, maybe their Bible study was meeting. But there were a lot of people who were saying, hey, I'm doing this all alone. And that is where you come in. So Jill, talk to me about, hey, tell me how you found out about Your Story Matters. And then tell us how that happened and what made you do what you're going to tell us you did, because it's just so beautiful. I have been thinking a lot about my testimony and how to present it and how to talk about it and doing a lot of praying on it and some writing on it. And it just always seems so overwhelming. And I, you know, I was like, how do I do this? How do I do this? And I'm an avid listener of your podcast. And one day I was sitting at my desk and I'm reading and I'm writing and trying to think about this. And um, I had your podcast on in the background and you announced the Bible study of your story matters. And I was like, there it is okay, God, I hear you. (laughs) And so I went immediately and I signed up for it. And then I became part of the Facebook group. And you, I think you were one of the girls put a post out that was like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're doing this with a group virtually, or if you're doing it alone, you know, we're all going to be here together. And again, you know, these moments when God moves you. And I was like, well, you know, there's got to be other people out there who are doing it alone because that's what I was attending to do, doing it alone. And I said, okay, let me see. Let me put it out there. And so I created a secondary group, Our Story Matters on Facebook. And I posted it in our fa- your Facebook group to say, hey, if anybody's interested, I'm doing this alone. It's a safe space. It's a private group. And I would love to gather a few of us together, you know, thinking maybe I'd have two or three women join. I was inundated. I had 32 women sign up, a friend me on Facebook, and was like, I want to be a part of this. And, you know, it just kind of took a life of its own. And so we started kind of parallel, having parallel discussions. 
from your weekly videos and Facebook live events and chats and things of that nature in this group. And we worked through the entire study together. And so we would do things like I would remind people about your events and then, you know, what we're reading this week and just kind of asking them, like, what are you feeling? How are you going through? What's your week like? And we would have great discussions on that. And then I had a few of the women that were like, let's all connect. I said, okay, let's do a Sunday night Zoom. And so we started Zooming on Sunday nights. And I have, I mean, I, I can't tell you in the, the short eight, nine weeks that I have formed friendships that are now going to last a lifetime. And it's such a beautiful thing. And there were some women who, you know, couldn't actively participate or weren't comfortable doing that, but I would be having side conversations with them. And I mean, some of the things that we went through in this short amount of time together are pretty heavy, deep things. And, you know, I know that you put it out there the other day that one of our common friends had us on our Zoom at her rebaptism, which was so exciting. And that really just came out of a conversation I had with her. And it's just, it is, God has been moving this group in so many ways that it is just beautiful and such a blessing. This is so exciting. And I remember when Lindsay told me that this group was happening and I was like, what? This is amazing. This is so exciting. Because honestly, Jill, here's my heart behind this is that people would step out of their comfort zones just like you did. And I mean, you even said like, I thought maybe two or three. And I have a question for you. And you may say, yes. Would you have done it had you known that 30 people were going to show up? Oh, sure. Yeah. That's Good. <laughs> but my question is you went into it not knowing. Exactly. So it wasn't like you were going, oh, I'm only doing this with 30 or I can't do this with 30. You just went in going, I'll do this, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have been happy if even just one person was there with me. You know, just kind of that sisterhood that when you're working through things. And, and I knew that, you know, this was going to be heavy for me myself. And I knew that other women had to be struggling with this. And so it has just been an amazing gift. I was telling Lindsay when I talked to her that there was one woman who really didn't participate and, you know, kind of every now and then would just like love the post, like something. But then I started talking to her in private messages and I've never met this woman before. And she confided in me mm -hmm. that she was in a domestic abuse situation and she didn't know where to go for help. And I know one of the things that, you know, we've always said is, you know, if you are in a situation, reach out for help. But the problem was, was that she didn't know where to go. Mm -hmm. And so because of my experiences professionally, I know what states have available for abuse victims. And I was able to give her the direction that she needed. And she's now in the middle of removing herself from this situation. And she's like, I can't continue with the legwork of everything because, the, and I said, no, I said, that can be done at a later time. But right now you have to protect yourself and you have to find the resources that you need in order to be safe. And it was such a, I mean, she opened up to me. Like I said, I've never met this woman before in my life. And I was able to steer her in the direction that she needed in order to get the help that she needed. You know, I think, Jill, that's not a surprise to me because what I've seen in my lifetime is that when people open up the opportunity for people to feel safe, the vulnerability can happen. And that's what you did in that moment, even though you didn't walk into this group going, okay, I'm going to create a group so that in case there's a woman in here who's experiencing domestic abuse, I can help her out. But what you did was you said, I'm going to create a safe place and I'm going to 
allow people to be vulnerable. And I have seen over so many years, women so scared of that vulnerability. And you know what? I mean, we talk about this in the Bible study. You just went through it. A lot of us have been hurt. I mean, so we can't dismiss the fact that all of us, everyone listening, me and you, we have been hurt before when we become vulnerable with someone. But I always say it's worth doing it again because of what you're just saying just now. And I would guess, I have no idea this woman's story, but I wonder if she had been hurt before in talking about this. And so then that brings fear and confusion. And I don't want to go through this again. And I'm so proud of her for experiencing and being willing to talk with you about it, um, that vulnerability that happens when we allow people to be safe. Now, okay, can we talk about you for a minute? Sure. Okay, let's do this. You know, it's the happy hour. We like to talk about people and their stories. We don't talk about people. We talk with people about their (laughs) stories. Let's just be clear about that. You know, I know that this Bible study was really um, monumental in your own life. And you mentioned earlier in the show that you had kind of been feeling this nudge from God about talking more about your story and communicating more with women about that. And then this Bible study comes in at just the right time. And you walk through these six weeks where we go through six different lies of what might keep us from sharing our stories. And in case someone has not been through the Bible study, I'm going to say what I always say is that I know Jill and I are speaking on a podcast and I share my story publicly often and Jill has a podcast. And so we, you might think, oh, well, this is how I'm supposed to do it. But we just saw from Jill's story, I never am asking someone to share their story publicly. I'm asking people to share their story with friends. I'm asking you to find a community, a safe, vulnerable community, which is what drew me to you because you created that on Facebook. And so just, I always want to give that caveat when I'm talking with people. But you saw God do really great things in your life over the past six weeks. Can you talk with us a little bit about that? Yeah, so part of it um, is also me acknowledging and having the ability to share my own vulnerability because I've always been a a very guarded type of person and always feel like I have to have this public persona of an image. I'm an Enneagram three. So (laughs) I know you guys, (laughs) (laughs) but, and so I was like, okay. And then I always thought like, how do I do this? How do I tell this massive story? What I felt was massive and full of shame through the lens of the gospel. And again, here comes this six week study and I started realizing that one one of the things that really and still stands out to me is that you don't have to share it all. And so I decided what piece of it I wanted to share with my group and what piece of it I am now sharing with other women and the world. And one of those things was the biggest shame that I carried for so long. I mean, almost 20 years. And it, it I mean, it sounds so silly now, but when you internalize it and you carry something for so long, you believe it. And so it was, for me, it was the shame of a lifestyle of promiscuity and partying, which led me at the age of 19 to find myself pregnant. And I was in a fortunate situation where the father of my son stood by me. And is still standing by me 30 years later. But we made the decision to get married, to have our son, and to try to make this work. And was it easy? Absolutely not. I mean, my goodness, we've had so many bumps and potholes in the road. But I carried so much shame that of having my son before being married that I, for many years, would deflect questions about it. 
Oh, you have a child, you know, oh yeah, that's so nice. And then I would shift the conversation to focus on the other person. Or I would just flat out lie about it, quite honestly. I would say, oh yes, I've been married for, you know, X number of years and I would always add a year. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, it didn't give that image of me being an unwed teenage mom. And, you know, that was something that I really, really struggled with. And it was during this group that I shared it with one woman privately. And, you know, there was no rebuttal to it. It was just like, that is a beautiful story, Jill. And you're so blessed and so lucky to have your son and to have been given the life that you've been given. And it was just like that moment when you're like, okay, why have I been believing this all this, this internal voice all these years. And so, you know, and then I came forth one evening and I shared my story about it with my group, with our group um, on Zoom. And again, no judgment, no nothing. It was just support and love. And, you know, that's led me to share other parts of my story, whether privately through phone conversations or in the group. But that was one of the biggest things for me was not only, you know, being able to speak to that, but then also saying, okay, I now realize that my son and my husband were such a gift from God because they saved me from myself. They saved me from that path I was walking down. And it really was only a couple of years ago. And then really digging deep into this through this study and with these women that I realized what a gift and how God really did save me from that road that I could have very well easily walked down for many of years. Yeah. You know, Jill, it's interesting how you said at the beginning, like it feels so silly now when you say it out loud. I mean, I feel the same way with parts of my story and I, I wrote them in a book and, and I remember thinking, it's really not that big of a deal, but it was such a big deal to me. And I think that's how shame works is it doesn't have to be, it, there's no like standard of big and small. Shame comes in and takes whatever it is and makes it ginormous to you. And Satan is really good at that. He's really good at taking something 30 years ago and continuing to make you feel shame over that. And you know, what we know is that God is not the author of shame. God is not making us feel shame. God is loving us. I have a question for you that I have had to grapple with myself and think through myself is I have a story very similar to yours, not as many years, but it took me a long time to feel comfortable sharing parts of my story that I felt were made me feel shame. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s, 
If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. We dwell on a lot in our lives. We dwell on some problems. We dwell on the past. We often wake up first thing in the morning and our minds are already dwelling on it, whatever it could be of our crazy schedules, worrying about our health, tough periods of parenting, sadness over loss. The list goes on and on and on. And sometimes it seems impossible to do anything but dwell on it. That is why Dwell was created, because we can dwell differently. Dwell is a Bible memorization tool. You can easily memorize one Bible verse for every month. One of my favorite ones that we have memorized so far is Romans 12, 12, which says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And in fact, I keep the tag that they send me on my key ring and so I can look through them. And just today, I pulled that up and said that verse out loud. Dwell offers memberships that starting at $9.95 per month. Some of the memorization tools that you get include temporary tattoos, vinyl stickers, art prints. You guys, this is a great great, great thing for families to have, for teenagers to have, to help with little kids. Go to dwelldifferently.com. Use code Jamie15 for 15% discount on a prepaid membership. That's dwelldifferently.com. Here's my question to you. And this is interesting. I find this so interesting with women is I really started to believe that God loved me and that he didn't give me shame and that he didn't think bad about me and that he was going to use me And yet I was still so afraid sometimes to say it out loud to people. And my question to you is, how have you walked through that journey of trusting what God says about you is true more than worrying about what people will think about you? And let me tell you, I don't know that anyone has this figured out. I think we go through our life trying to figure out and balance how do we really stand on what God says about us is true and not worry about other people. Because for me, the scenario just switches. It may not be like promiscuity, but today it might be something else. I'm still juggling this. So my question to you is, how do you juggle that of trusting what God says about you is true more than worrying about what people are going to think about you? For me, and it's something that I'm still working through. Me too. Like, that's what I'm saying. Me too. (laughs) All of us. I think it's part of the reason why I felt safe to share my story in this group, first of all, was because they were strangers. 
They weren't people that I knew. They weren't Mm. people that I sat with on Sunday service. They weren't people that, you know, I have a history with. And so that was part of it. And then once I was comfortable doing that, I was then able to then start being able to share it with other women who I am around in my, who have been in my life for years or months or whatever. And they are people that I know. And also I think a lot of it too is just constantly surrounding myself and reminding myself of God's love for me. And there was something I was just the other day, I was just having a rough week. You know, we've all had those days and those weeks and those months where I was just like, I was very hard on myself and I was beating myself up a lot during the week. And I read something, I was talking to a friend and she had said, stop. And I said, okay, bye. And she goes, you forgot you are a daughter of the King. Mm. And it was just that simple reminder that was just like, oh, yeah, that's right. And it's it's times like that. It's yeah. those little things. It's something I may read in my morning devotional. It's something that I may hear in a song. But for me, it really is making sure that I am surrounding myself and immersing myself in those reminders that he loves me and God does not judge me. He's accepting and he's forgiving. Yeah. And um, I'm constantly reminding myself of that. I think that's so good. And that's exactly what I say all the time is I call that telling, reminding myself of the gospel, which is basically Mm. reminding myself what is true. And what is true is that the gospel is, is that God loves me and that God sent his son for me and God desires a relationship with me and God uses the worst of the worst. We see that all through scripture. And so that's exactly that. I love that you, you talked about reminding yourself because that's what I have to do often. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I have certain friends in my life that I've said to them, I give you full permission to speak the truth to me no matter what. And let me tell you, that can be hard sometimes and that can hurt sometimes and that can be difficult sometimes. But I love knowing that I trust them so much because I know they love God more than they love me, which means they are following him and they're not going to satisfy my apathy or my discontentment. They're going to lean in and press me towards the gospel. And so that's so true. How have you felt? after sharing things that you have been holding in for so long? Sometimes it's that fear and that shame do creep back in and I've got to fight that back. But I remember when I first like spoke it and said it and I felt so free. I really did. It was like, I just, it was like, I almost like emptied out that space of what I was carrying and it just got filled back in with love and grace. And it's hard to explain. Um, I mean, until you, you've experienced it and it just, you know, my, my heart just felt and my heart, it was even a physical reaction. Like I had a physical reaction to it where that I exhaled. And then when I inhaled, it was like, okay, I am filling up myself with love and acceptance. And it was a beautiful moment. Well, I mean, it reminds me of that verse where Jesus says, you know, like to give us his burdens, you know, and and that's just kind of what it feels like with that in that moment of you doing that. Can we go back previously? You spoke a little bit just about those years of running from God. What did that, and and I know you mentioned that your pregnancy with your son, Stephen, that that changed your life. 
how did God move in those moments in your life, you know, 31 years ago? What did it look like? Because I know that we have some listeners and it's one of the greatest things when someone sends me a message and it goes like this, God is getting a hold of me somehow. And he's using people's stories to do that. And so what did it look like for God to get a hold of you 31 years ago? For me, it was him putting steadfast people in my life. Mm. Not only my parents, like my parents stood by me. They said, okay, this is what we're going to do and we'll figure it out. And then my sisters, my, I have two younger sisters. So them being, oh my gosh, I'm all excited because we were going to have a baby. But also like I think about my grandparents and how, you know, the first thing my mom said was, you got to call your grandma pop and tell them. And that was scary for me. These are two people that I've loved and revered and respected immensely. But no matter what, no matter what I've done, like these are the people who, no matter what, were always there for me and always standing by me. And I feel that God created that stability in my life because my life was instability. And what the road that I was walking down was a road of instability. And so he did that. And not only just, you know, my immediate family, but then also like we had a neighbor on our street, Mrs. DeMeo, Mrs. D, we called her. And so like, you know, she was my grand's best friend and, you know, just sitting down in her rocking chair and her making me a cup of tea and telling me that it's going to be okay. It's not going to be easy but it's going to be okay. And this is going to be the hardest thing that you do, but you've got it. You can do this. And reminding me that God is with me and reminding me that, you know, I've been given gifts and, you know, this was a gift that I was being given and what was I going to do with it? And so that really, for me, it was those people who no matter what were there for me. Yeah. You know, I have this thing that I uh, call sin shock and it's when someone, you share something with them and they're so shocked, like, oh my gosh, how could you do this? Like, what kind of person are you? I would have never thought you would do this and uh, all the things. And we all have done that. I have done it. You have done it. Every person has reacted that way in hearing someone's sin, struggle, mess, whatever it might look like. And when I hear you talk about that, journey that you went through with your parents and your neighbor and your grandparents and other people in your life, it reminds me of how important it is to be the holder of people's stories. That when we hear people's difficult, when we hear their mess, when we hear their struggle, when we hear their sin, that we hold it gently. And it feels like people did that for you. And what I see now in your life is that you created a space in that group where that was okay as well. So can we talk a little bit about what does it feel like for you? You can even talk with the woman that you spoke with about you know, her sharing with you about her domestic abuse situation. What does it feel like for you and how do you care for people's stories well? It is a couple things. One, I have found that it has been very emotional. It's, you know, it's hard work hearing the stories. Yes, it is. It is. And so what I have chosen to do is, you know, whether it's on a meeting or whether it's privately, I just, I listen, I actively listen because there's a difference between listening and actively listening. And I listen for the pivot that's where they go from talking about the experience to talking about how 
God is moved in the experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, waiting for that and listening for that and then building on that and talking about that and focusing on that. And if that pivot hasn't happened yet, because I have a couple girls that I've been talking to where that it hasn't happened and they're questioning Jesus and they're questioning their faith and we're walking that walk together, but being the active listener, but then being gentle with it and understanding that like me, they may have never shared this with anybody before, mm-hmm. you know? So a woman has shared with me before that she was struggling and she had struggled with an addiction to pornography. I also have another woman who has shared with me the fact that her mom sold her into sex trade and for years, and those are heavy, heavy topics and they're big topics. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I always try to do is before we leave a conversation is I always pray with them. Mm -hmm. I pray for them for healing. I pray for them for their safety. I pray for them for their strength. And, you know, a lot of times I will get a follow-up message saying, you know, I felt you continuing to pray for me even after we were off the conversation. And that is that holding it gently. But then also being, knowing that those are personal and confidential things Mm -hmm. and not sharing it with others also, I think is a key thing until they're ready. Mm -hmm. And when they are ready, I will be standing right by their side, holding their hand. And they know that. I love that you said active listening. It's so important when someone is opening up and they're willing to be honest and vulnerable with you to not continue to think about, okay, what's the verse I need to find? Come on, verse, 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 brain, work. But to just <laughs> listen and to just be with them. It's so, so, so very true. Jill, I know that what I have read about you and what I've what Lindsay's told me is that this is not something that you just do for this, your story matters, but you are a teacher, you are a gatherer, you are a conversationalist. And so I know that you're about to lead a Bible study or are you, have you guys already started? No, we're starting this week. Okay. You're starting, um, Jen Wilkins, uh, which one are you doing? Second Peter, first Peter, first Peter, first Peter. And so you're leading that with how many women? Probably about 20, 22. Okay. Are these women from the Bible study? Yes, they are. Oh my gosh, this story gets better by the minute. So you guys are just gonna you're gonna continue. Yeah. I I put out a poll. I said, do we keep this going? And they're like, yes, let's. And I was like, okay, here we go. (laughs) This is so beautiful. And I love the way that God has just orchestrated and put you guys together so that you can grow and be vulnerable with each other. There are a lot of people who are wondering. I want to do this. Like I want to lead a Bible study with women, but it can feel so scary. It can feel so overwhelming. You can think like, well, I didn't go to seminary. I can't lead a Bible study. And so Jill, how do you walk into leading women through a study? Tell us what that looks like for you. So for me, I mean, this is, you know, one of the first times that I'm going to be actually leading it. So I thought about the Bible studies that I've participated in myself in the women's group and took away pieces of what I love about it and what I personally would have changed about it. And so I took that into consideration. And then I turned to Jen Wilkins, Women of the Word and her five Ps and how we really- Such a good book, you guys. We're going to just (laughs) plug it right now. Everyone go buy the book. It's so good. And how we can really dig deep into it and really dissect the gospel. And so I created 
you know, a schedule. I'm a teacher by nature. So for me, leading and teaching comes very naturally. And I said, okay, ladies, we're going to do this. And I created the schedule and I created the guide for it because, you know, any group should have parameters. And, you know, I put it out there and here we go. (laughs) I love it so much. I love it. I'm a schedule girl too. Whenever I have my Bible study here, Jill, like I will send out, okay, here's the, and and if you're in my Bible study, it is a little crazy because in normal world, quote unquote, when we're not, you know, quarantined, I would be traveling a lot. So my Bible study looks like, okay, we're meeting this Wednesday and then we'll meet again in three weeks. And then we're meeting the next week. It's kind of crazy at my Bible study. But I do parameters as well. And I think it's a good conversation to have because a lot of women are thinking, I don't know that I could open up my house and do this. And the thing that is so amazing right now in the era that we live in is like Jen Wilkins Bible study. I haven't actually looked at it, but I'm assuming that they really help you out as the leader with the material, the video. And so obviously you will be putting your own flair to it and doing your own thing. My point is you can open your home and lead a Bible study because they give you such great content. And so for me, when I do it, I do my schedule like you. I'm a schedule girl, Jill. It makes me so happy. I need to know what's happening. I live and die by my calendar. Um, and then at our at my Bible study, it's from nine to 10, which means at 10 a.m., You don't have to go home, but I'm leaving. So that's how my Bible study works. And I think people enjoy that. But I love hearing that you jumped into this, not leading a lot of Bible studies before. I'm so proud of you. No. And the other thing too is, and I have to always tell myself this, is that I'm not going to have all the answers and it's not my job to have all the answers. That's exactly right. It's okay to have that dead space once in a while during the conversation while people are forming their thoughts and thinking about what to say. Or it's like you were saying before, like, you know, you're sitting there going, what's the verse? What's the verse? What's the verse? And, you know, having to be this quote unquote leader. No, that's not, I'm just here to study alongside of you and we're doing this together. And that's the thing that I have to remind myself of. I love it. And, and, you know, I think it's so great. And even if you're about to lead a Bible study in your home, whenever we can do that again, everything's kind of weird right now. But whenever that happens, you know, one of the things I did too, I did this a while ago and I should probably do it again. One of the things I did was at the very beginning of the study, I passed out this piece of paper that had all the books of the Bible on it because I want everyone to feel so comfortable. And do you know how uncomfortable you can feel if you get in a Bible study and they're like, open up to Ezekiel and everyone in there knows where to go. And you're like, I've never even heard that word before. Where do I, what's Ezekiel? You know what I mean? And so whatever you can do if you're hosting a Bible study to make everybody feel comfortable is so good. I mean, I find myself sometimes when I'm teaching being like, okay, we're going to look at the book of John and that's in the New Testament. Like just giving people parameters so that those who are churched like myself, I grew up in the church my whole life, you know, Bible drill, I do it all. I want people to feel comfortable. Jill, let me just say this to you. I am so proud of you. Like I am so thankful for you. When we did that, your story matters Bible study and we opened it up. And then I heard that there was a woman who was leading a group of women who were alone. I was so thankful for that as well. And this is an example of the church being the church because although I wrote the study and although I was doing the video teachings, I couldn't lead all of those girls. And you could. You led 32 of them through this. And what you need to know is that those lives are changed because of a lot of things and you're one of the reasons. And so that's it's really quite amazing, Jill. So way to go. 
Thank you. It's, it's been wonderful. And what's beautiful about the study that we're starting is that we're from all over the United States. And wow. so we're always going to be virtual and it's a beautiful thing, but we're mm. also, some of us are making plans to get together. So once this it. quarantine thing is over. <laughs> I sense a girl's trip coming on between all of you guys. Like y'all are like, let's meet here. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. We dwell on a lot in our lives. We dwell on some problems. We dwell on the past. We often wake up first thing in the morning and our minds are already dwelling on it. Whatever it could be of our crazy schedules, worrying about our health, tough periods of parenting, sadness over loss, the list goes on and on and on. And sometimes it seems impossible to do anything but dwell on it. That is why Dwell was created, because we can dwell differently. Dwell is a Bible memorization tool. You can easily memorize one Bible verse for every month. One of my favorite ones that we have memorized so far is Romans 12, 12, which says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And in fact, I keep the tag that they send me on my key ring and so I can look through them. And just today I pulled that up and said that verse out loud. Dwell offers memberships that starting at $9.95 per month. Some of the memorization tools that you get include temporary tattoos, vinyl stickers, art prints. You guys, this is a great, great, great thing for families to have, for teenagers to have, to help with little kids. Go to dwelldifferently.com. Use code JAMIE15 for 15% discount on a prepaid membership. That's dwelldifferently.com. Okay, Jill, I always ask, what are you loving? What are you reading? What's going on in your life that you want to tell us about? Uh, so a couple of things that I'm loving right now, it, the, the seasons have finally shifted here in New Jersey, and I am so close um, to the shoreline that I am enjoying my time at the beach. So your season has shifted to what, summer? Summer, yes. It's oh, finally girl, we've getting... been there for like eight years already. <laughs> it's finally getting hot and humid here, and it's just beautiful. And I just love just sitting on the beach and listening to the waves with a good book in my hand. I'm in my happy place. Yes, yes. <laughs> The other thing um, I am loving right now is um, my She Reads Truth Bible, which I learned about on your podcast. And I, I've never really had like a true study Bible before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when this came, I was like, whoa, this is big. But it is so, first of all, the imagery is beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes. Um, but the context and the historical perspectives and the language that they use, I am learning so much from it. And I am loving that. The other thing um, I am reading, I'm a voracious reader. So I'm constantly got two or three books going. One of them I'm just about to dive into is Everything Happens for a Reason, which I know. Yes, yes. uh, Which was a recommendation from you. But I'm also just finishing up Cat Armstrong's No More Holding Back because I am at a crossroads right now with my podcast and my blog and 
you know, making that shift to going from more of a hobby into something more intentional, more intentional, intentional, I think is the good word. Love it. Love it. Kat's book, and she has a Bible study too, if you need a Bible study to go through after that. But that book is really, really good. I have um, read that book front to cover and told people about it and referenced it in other things. And she, follow her. She is a brilliant woman who's a a great Bible teacher and, and loves cheering women on. Yeah. Yeah, mine's all flagged up and highlighted. Mine too, mine too. too. Okay, you mentioned your podcast. Tell me about it. So I started a podcast called Feed Your Spirit. It's still in its infancy. And what I do is I just talk to everyday people about times in their life when they were going through a difficult time and God intentionally came into their lives and it changed them forever. It's like that pivot you talked about. (laughs) It is. Yes. Yeah. So I, you know, there's, it's one of the things that I saw once it's, you know, I started really living when I stopped going through the Bible and I let the Bible go through me. And that's Mm -hmm. really what it's about, but it's stories of everyday people. I mean, we've been tackling tough topics, you know, addiction and illness and things like that. But so far it's been all people that I know that are in my life and are like honored and blessed to be on it. Uh, But it is, it has been incredible. And some of the people upcoming episodes that I have coming up are some heavy stories. And I am just so grateful to be a part of their story. Well, we'll put a link to that show in our show notes to Feed Your Spirit with Jill. And I think that people enjoy a podcast where they can hear people's stories and see redemption and not feel alone. And, you know, that's, that's one of like, I always say that I, and you might say this in a couple of months or whenever this turns more intentional for you, I always say I have the coolest job ever because I really get to learn, listen and learn from people who have been through things. And it makes me a better person on the other side of hearing these stories and holding them and actively listening and being gentle with them. And so I love that you're doing that as well. Jill, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You have been a joy to talk to. It was exciting to hear the way that God worked in your own life through you also being a part of other people's journey as well. And I think that is what our Christian life is. It is God continually to work and mold in us as we continue to give and help other people on this journey as well. And you are doing that. So thank you, Jill. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Quinn Pearson and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Friends, enjoy your week. Share the show with a friend. Have a virtual happy hour with a friend and I'll see you guys back here on Friday for a conversation with Sharon Miller. Sharon Miller.